I think at times we've done a really good job playing great team defense. And then at times, you know, it, it's a guy or two that's made a mistake. Um, and, and, and that's what's hurt us. And that's, that's where the explosive plays are coming. So that, that's where we just got to do a great job learning from our mistakes, continuing to grow as a defense, do a better job coaching it. Becoming more accountable to each other and trusting that the guy next to you is going to get his job done. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Thanks everybody for joining us once again on Gold Faithful. I'm Brian Peacock. Over there is Nick Winkler. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can find Nick at Bay Area Wink. Please subscribe, review the show on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, uh, we're in so many places. You could also shoot us an email if you want, goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. We are on Instagram at goldfaithfulpodcast. Matt Barrows, Sacramento B, 49ers beat writer. You know him, you love him. He's going to join us on the show a little bit later. Uh, but first, we unfortunately have to talk a little bit about the disaster that was in Seattle. Nick, dude, how you holding it, up? Come on. <laughs> it's 2015 all over again. This is right? horrible, man. Third down conversion, garbage. Just in- inaccuracy at the quarterback position. Just the most conservative play calling I've ever seen. If I see another incomplete pass, two-yard run, and then a two-yard pass and ends up you know, six yards short of the sticks again and three and out, I- I'm going to stop watching. This is getting pathetic. It was tough. I wasn't in my normal spot where I watched the game where I'm completely locked in. I was at a buddy's house doing a little grilling and watching the game. And it was one of those where... It was almost like, okay, let's just not watch this, and I'm going to have to watch it later like it's homework to really see what happened in this game. You want to turn it off because it's that bad. And when the 49ers got to the point where they were down 14 so early in that game, and you're thinking, this is over. The 49ers cannot score on this defense. The 49ers will not score 14 points on this defense today, so this game is over. That's a terrible feeling. And one of the best things I heard all week had nothing to do with the 49ers game at all, but I'm going to play it right now because this sums up how I felt when that thing ended. Recovered by the Colts now. The Colts win it 26-22. Game's over. Game is finally fucking be over. I don't know. If, <laughs> did you hear that? No, that's the first I've heard that. Yeah, that's great. That, that happened this week. He apologized for it. And uh, he, in my opinion, he has nothing to apologize for because uh, that was awesome. That was a great sound clip. That was Bob Lamey of the Indianapolis Colts radio network. Hey, I don't know if you caught the uh, first offensive play of the game there, the uh, Gabbert fake handoff to no one. Yes. Yeah, they, that was beautiful. <laughs> that that kind of set the tone for the whole day there. The first play the 49ers ran on offense, and then the second play they ran on defense. And it just pretty much sums up how they were all day. And it, it was almost like defense. offensively, It's uh, I, I knew there's more of an opportunity to be, to be frustrated, but I thought the 49ers on defense – would at least show up. And that's why I wanted to start the right. show with a little Jim O'Neill cut. And he talked about them not, you know, coach speak. You screwed up. You got to fix it. Yeah, we've heard that. I don't want to hear any Tom Sula-isms, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the biggest thing to me was just the the play calling itself, the, the the scheme of the plays. You watch Seattle and just even the routes that they're running are, are creative. And they, they look like something you haven't seen before, whereas – it, it looks like in the Chip Kelly offense, just just like crossing routes. You know, mm-hmm. let's try to hit one of the two guys that are crossing over the middle, or here's just a tight, a little drag by the tight end. It just seems like the same play calls over and over again. And it, it, watching Seattle and watching, I mean, I, I said it last week. I say it every time that the 49ers have to face Russell Wilson. 
I wish that he wasn't on the Seahawks because I love watching that guy play. I hate that he's a Seahawk because it, he breaks my heart constantly, but he's such a good quarterback. He's so elusive. He's so creative back there. And and it's just when you watch Blaine Gabbert and I'm just it's just not there. You know, he, he just can't hit the open receiver. It's like he doesn't make the right read. It's I don't know. I'm not going to put it all on him. He, he doesn't have any wide receivers. That, that's been proven. Their, their number one wide receiver right now is Jeremy Curley. 114 yards. That is 92nd best in the NFL. It's not good. He doesn't have the talent around him. And even Hyde was getting nothing because stack the box. Why would why wouldn't you? Oh yeah, why that's that's going to be a theme all season. And until the 49ers can beat somebody with the pass and make you back up, why would they? I mean, that's what I would right. do. The very first thing I would do if I was building a game plan against the 49ers is say, "Okay, we're going to stack the box. We're going to stop the run." And when I was charting the routes for for Pro Football Focus, I got assigned that 49ers game again. And I, I tweeted out when I was watching this because it, it was unbelievable. A brief summary of every play. Seattle, completely calm, clean route combinations, like you said, just easy pitch and catches. It's like, okay, guess what? Beautiful routes. Guess what? Somebody's open. Guess what? Russell Wilson sees that open player, hits him. And the 49ers, as right. soon as they snap the ball, it's like complete chaos. Yeah. They, they, it's, you it's, see it. It's, it's it moves every so fast play. that it's almost moving so fast that nobody knows what to do. Sloppy routes from the receivers. I think part of it is going to be, and I think, look, I think the worst part of the season is over. And week two and three, when you look at the schedule, it's a tough schedule. Those were by far the two, the two toughest games on the schedule. So those are over. So hopefully things are going to start looking up. You're coming back home. We already have one win at home. But man, uh, the coaching staff has something to do, and uh, the, Chip Kelly's offense too. It's still it's looking sloppy right now, and it's gotten a lot sloppier exponentially the first three weeks of the season. Yeah, and you said it. I mean, it, what a brutal start to the season. You play the Rams, you know, you, you play Carolina Panthers, and you play Seattle, you know, the, the Carolina games on a short week, and then you got to go right up to Seattle, the, one of the toughest places to play in the NFL. You're talking about three of the top defenses in the league a year ago, three of the top defenses, at least in the top 15. Again, this season, some of that might have to do with the fact that they played the 49ers, who really don't have a lot of offense going, but you said it. That's the tough part of the schedule. It's out of the way. You come home. You, they always play extremely well at Levi's Stadium. You got a Dallas squad coming in that they've looked good. Their offense has looked fantastic. I, I'm a little bit scared going into this. You, you mentioned uh, how fast it looked. Like it was just too fast for the 49ers on offense. And and it was. I mean, you just the three and outs, they, they lead the league. And that's not going to stop if they keep doing this. If they keep just, you know, short passes, short passes. Gabbert's getting back there. And he he looks he looks scared. And I'm just, I'm so sick and tired of all this. Well, Cap's not 100% healthy. We're going to wait for him to be healthy. And Well, then why is he suiting up? Why is he out there with the helmet on? If anything happens to Gabbert, Kaepernick's going in, right? Why, what's the problem? Get him in there now. This is a home game. This is the time to go to Colin Kaepernick and they're not doing it. I, I, I hate it. I have no idea what that whole cap's not 100% thing, but he still can suit up that. Yeah. Hopefully Matt Barrows has a little more insight there. Cause it's just baffling to me what's going on with that. Because what you've got a quarterback in there. That's not good. He should not be starting right. in the national football league. And I think that's pretty obvious, but uh, just going back to the, the routes one more time, Seattle runs so many pick plays that are not mm. called. And I don't know if they're, if it's just the, the the league doesn't care about these picks, but some I mean some of them are just really pretty. The the first or the second play of the game where there was the deep pass to uh, Doug Baldwin that was nice. You know the the outside guy runs a little slant and kind of just posts up there, and then Chris Davis takes a bad angle, tries to run underneath it, and you know gets caught 
with uh, Doug Baldwin going deep on the on the nine route, coming from underneath on the on the inside in the slot. And that happened multiple times in the game. Davis got burnt multiple times on that same play. But there was a couple other ones where the receiver didn't even run around. He was literally blocking the guy, facing up with the defender and blocking him. So the 49ers slot defender couldn't get out to to the player. It happened on a, on a wheel route where the running back ran a wheel route to the left side. And uh, the linebacker got completely just straight up blocked by either the tight end or the uh, wide receiver that was split out wide to the left. So some of those things just completely went uncalled. But if you're the Seahawks and they're not calling it and it's working so well, why stop? Yeah, you just keep running to those plays, obviously. But Absolutely. before we get off of Gabbert, too, it just I'm sure everybody's aware of how poorly he's played. Let's just take a look at the numbers for a second. Of, of quarterbacks that have started all three games, third fewest completions. Not a surprise there. He He's not accurate. That quarterback rating, 68.6, that's 30th in the league. How many rookies are starting for teams? How many second-year guys? How many of these young guys are out there starting for new football teams and are doing so much better then Gabbert, 31st yeah. in completion percentage, 55. Just over half of his passes are being completed. He's ahead of only Case Keenum for qualified quarterbacks. It's it's really quite sad. I mean, he's got the rushing 75 yards, you know, third best in the NFL. But if he's not going to actually keep the ball, if he's just going to always hand it off to to Hyde, he's, he looks to me like he brings nothing to this 49ers offense. I totally agree. I totally agree, and I'm I'm ready to see a change. And they need um they need a major change on both sides of the ball because when the defense doesn't show up against a team that was supposed to have the worst offensive line in in the league, if not one of the the worst two, the 49ers looked like they had a worse offensive line than the Seahawks did. I mean, the Seahawks beat the 49ers in every aspect of that game, especially the left side of the 49ers deep or the left the left side of the. Seahawks offense crushed the right side of the 49ers defense. Um, Very surprising. Yeah. Eli Harold. I mean, gosh, we really need to see. Um, we need to get Aaron Lynch back in a big way. Right. You know, it's coming soon. Setting the edge. How about and that Eli Harold horse collar call on Wilson. Do you buy that? Yeah, I, I can see how it looks that way. If you're seeing it in real time and you don't know exactly where his hand is and, you know, they're trying to protect the quarterback. I'm not surprised by that by that. But oh, I wish that would happen in the first that. quarter instead of the the third quarter when the game is already out of hand, (laughs) if you know what I mean. Um, But yeah, so Buckner, Gerald Hodges, uh, Chris Davis, Joukowsky Tart didn't have a great game. A lot of people, especially on that one side of the defense. I mean, I think Buckner started to play a little bit better, but they were gouged a few times on runs pretty much directly at where Buckner was lined up. So uh, yeah. And Jimmy Ward uh, got that quad strain. And so that that he's kind of up in the air for this weekend as well. It's just, you know, Vance McDonald, also such a big question mark going on this weekend. Those are two 49ers who have actually played well Two you know, two of the few. I've been impressed with Ward. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. And McDonald obviously had the the huge touchdown catch in week one and, or that was week two. He has two touchdown catches, right? Yeah. Two. Yeah. Yeah. One week one, week two. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he had had only three catches and two touchdowns. Targets. Mm Mm-hmm. Now you look at, if you're looking ahead, well, (laughs) let's back up a little bit because I don't know how you can expect the 49ers to win in Dallas without Anthony Davis now on the offensive line. Am I right? No. Not so much. Not so much. (laughs) Uh, You know, good for Anthony Davis. Walk away. You know, if if, if it's your mind you're worried about losing, you just step away. Why come back? That whole thing was weird. His heart wasn't in it, obviously, and I think he's... Somebody or he might have talked himself into being like, "Yeah, I want to come back and play." No, he didn't. You're, he's so he's oh, finally sure he cashed a few paychecks. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he had a, a couple of bills he needed to pay, but that's that. Okay, Bam Davis n- no longer. 
I mean, in the offseason, I, I said it multiple times, I was surprised they gave him this chance just because of how much right. it seemed like he was jerking the 49ers around. And you, teams don't let players jerk them around. The, you know, the teams do the jerking when it comes to transactions and <laughs> roster spots. And But it's just like I said. I mean, the, the offensive line was so bad a year ago that they saw a glimmer of hope of like, oh, wow, yeah, this guy was good before he – you know, jerked us around and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll take anything at this point and came back, got beat out at his position and, and quit. Yeah. So good, he's good gone guy. and it didn't seem like uh, anybody was surprised by it. Joe Staley, they asked him in the, in the locker room, put a mic in his face and he pretty much just laughed and said, no, nah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Hey, before, let's get back into this cap stuff, but before we do it, let, let's, you got to get barrels on the phone. All right, he's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. You follow him on Twitter, if you don't, at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me on. All right, so we're going to jump right into it. Chip Kelly says Kaepernick not 100% healthy. Kaepernick saying I'm ready to play always. If he's not ready to play, why is he suited up? Well, I mean, I think that this is a uh, a way for Chip Kelly to answer the inevitable um, you know, why aren't you putting Kaepernick in questions? I think he wants to avoid a quarterback controversy for as long as he can, as as any head coach does. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that there's a very good chance that Kaepernick comes in at some point this year and is the starting quarterback. But, gee, week three, week four is a little early to go to that, that move. Um, if Kaepernick were to fail – or to, you know, have the same issues that Blaine Gabbard does, um, then, you know, uh, it would reflect poorly on Chip Kelly, A, and B, he, he really would be uh, not out of options because he's still got Christian Ponder in the old hol- holster there, but, um, you know, you, you can't keep going back and forth between quarterbacks. So it's something that any head coach will want to sort of stave off for as long as he can. And um, this weight thing, and, and I think there's something to it. I'm not saying it's a totally bogus excuse, but, um, you know, you uh, on one hand you're saying that the guy is not able to compete for the starting role. He's not being considered for the starting role because he's not 225 pounds. But if Blaine Gabbert were to throw a pass and his uh, thumb hits uh, Andrew Tiller's helmet and he splits open his thumbnail – and has to come out for a quarter or, or however long it is, Colin Kaepernick is the guy that goes in there. So uh, 214 pounds, 216 pounds, whatever he is, he would be your de facto starter at that point. So it, it's a bit of splitting hairs, but um, that's, uh, that's what Chip Kelly is using uh, to say uh, we have no quarterback controversy at the moment. So you said 214 to 216. Is that accurate as of today? I'm sure you... Uh, all the beat writers are in on that and, and are keeping track of Cap's weight daily. Yeah, uh, no one has gotten the uh, – Kaepernick would not divulge the exact weight. Um, last week, or maybe it was the week before, uh, Kelly was asked the, the weight, and he said, oh, I don't know. I don't know whether it's 214 or 216 or, or what. <laughs> it was a very specific number he gave. So – uh, that was so specific that I, I wonder if that's the actual weight. So, uh, and if it is, we're talking 11 to 9 pounds away from the 225 where he was. Now, listen, if it's the bye week and this team is struggling and Blaine Gabbert is, um, you know, still at 65 uh, passer rating or, or whatever he is now, and Colin Kaepernick's only at 219, 
Colin Kaepernick into uh, the starting lineup. So, again, uh, it's splitting hairs. Uh, I, I think that they're both trying to stay away from the exact same, from the exact weight in order to kind of avoid that predicament so so that they can't be called on it at a later point. But, um, again, I, I think it's all a matter of um, trying to uh, stave this off, stave off a quarterback switch for as long as you can. So the way it sounded when Chip first brought up the whole weight issue, it was to me the way it sounded was when he gets there, he will be the guy. Almost like, well, if he was healthy right now, he would already be in there. Did it come off like that to you? Yeah, sort of. I mean, I, I think um, it, to me it hit my ear as when he gets there to 225, that's when we can start to consider – um, you know, to uh, whether we should be replacing the quarterback or not. You know, by, by saying this, he, he's giving Gabbert time to, you know, get on track as well. Um, Gabbert is playing a, uh, a Dallas defense that's, you know, mediocre to bad, um, certainly not to the level of the Seahawks or the Panthers or even the Rams. So, you know, uh, as long as Gabbert's in there, he, he has a chance of, getting this going. And, and that would benefit Chip Kelly as well. I mean, um, Kelly is keeping his options open for as long as he can. I, I think that's the, the bottom line in all this, all this weight talk. Hey, hey Matt, real quick, uh, Jimmy Ward, he's got that quad strain. H- how's his outlook for this weekend? I know it's still pretty early, and if he can't go, who, who are the Niners looking at? I don't think he's going to play. Uh, the 49ers haven't come out and said that. They did say that he was week to week. Um, there was an initial fear that this was a very severe injury. Uh, it doesn't seem to be that, uh, not a season ender, not an IR situation, but, um, you know, he, he went down with a non-contact injury, uh, running full bore. So there's something, there's something to it. Uh, he was immediately ruled out of the game after that happened on Sunday. So, um, his outlook for the uh, the Cowboys game doesn't look good. And then uh, it would be either Richard Robinson or Keith Reeser filling in for him. And uh, Jim O'Neill said, you know, it, it, it comes down to whoever is better in practice this week. It's It's been a, a week-to-week competition between those two for what had been the, the number three start, uh, cornerback role. It becomes number two uh, starting quarter, a cornerback role. If, if Ward is out. So uh, those guys are going to compete and practice all week, and then O'Neal at the end of the week uh, presumably will, will pick one of them. Um, it'll be the first start, first NFL start for either of those guys. And if it's Robinson, um, then he's going to be going against uh, Dak Prescott, a guy that he competed against in college, uh, Prescott at Mississippi State and Robinson at LSU. And uh, uh, Prescott had the... Uh, the last laugh uh, back in 2014 when uh, Mississippi State went into Baton Rouge and, and beat uh, the uh, the Tigers there. So uh, the, uh, familiar foes, and it could be a, a matchup of rookies, so to speak, with uh, Robinson uh, at corner, uh, cornerback and Prescott at quarterback. On the other side of the ball, Matt, uh, one of Gabbert's favorite targets, Vance McDonald, he's got the hip issue. Uh, Garrett Selleck, uh, I believe he was out there with the blue non-contact, also a little bit banged up. Are the 49ers expecting McDonald to play this weekend? He was moving around okay. I don't think this is a long-term injury either. Um, I, I think he's got a better chance of playing on Sunday than uh, Jimmy Ward does, put it that way. Um, so I, I think that they're hopeful that he'll be back. And, and that's, a, that's a big deal for this team. 
Um, you, you look at those offensive weapons, and, and, and we've talked ad nauseum about how few you know, playmakers there are, how, how little Trent Baalke has kind of looked at those positions in the draft over recent years. Two of them are, uh, you know, Torrey Smith uh, at, at wideout, and, and Vance McDonald really is the other one at tight end. And I know he's been up and down, but at least the threat of him out there uh, gives defenses something to think about. Um, Garrett Selleck is is a really good uh, all-around tight end, very well-rounded. He just doesn't have that explosion. You know, he's not going to score from 75 yards out like Vance McDonald did uh, a week and a half ago. So um, uh, not having him on the field, I think, is, you know, people will sort of kind of shrug their shoulders and think of all the uh, – the drops that Vance McDonald has had, but not having him on the field, not having him in the lineup, I think is is fairly significant for this offense, which already is uh, is lacking playmakers. So Matt, Dak Prescott, you just mentioned a bit ago, uh, he's looked like a seasoned veteran since day one for the Cowboys. Interesting that you noted, you know, just a minute ago and earlier on Twitter at Matt Barrows, by the way. That Trent Baalke drafted his college teammate, Will Redmond. Uh, he's recovering from, you guessed it, ACL injury from last fall at Mississippi State. Rashad Robinson uh, might be starting there at corner for Jimmy Ward. Face Prescott in the SEC. Uh, yet the team and the scouts didn't like Dak Prescott enough to take him with either one of those third or fourth round picks with uh, their obvious need for a young quarterback. Do you find that interesting at all? And did you? does it seem like they just that, that the 49ers really liked their cap and Gabbert situation so much that they didn't even want to touch a quarterback until the sixth round. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Um, you, know, uh, w- you know, one thing to note in all that is that Dak Prescott had a DUI in in March, so basically, um, you know, seven weeks before the draft, uh, he was arrested in Starkville, Mississippi, for DUI. It's since been um, thrown out. He's, he's, he's since been found not guilty of that. Uh, but at that time, uh, he had a DUI. So for, for this team to, to draft a quarterback early, I, I think that, that they would have been met with uh, some, uh, some you know, criticism, and, and rightly so, just given the, the past history with alcohol and DUIs and arrests with with the 49ers. So there was that in the background, um, and, and obviously uh, every team passed on him three times um, or, or, or so because he didn't go until the end of, of the fourth round. So his success early on has been a bit of a surprise, uh, obviously because of that. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's more of the same. I mean, the 49ers aren't taking any big risks uh, in recent drafts on, on skill position players, um, you know, drafting their quarterback, um, you know, Jeff Driscoll in late in the sixth round. Um, you know, there's really, there's really no kind of, uh, uh, gamble when you do that. So, um, they were, you know, thinking that, you know, Kaepernick and, and Gabbard both really appealed to Chip Kelly and, um, you know, the, the, the 49ers felt like they should spend their draft capital in other areas. And, and they did on, on their defensive lines and their offensive line. And, and those two units have been, you know, uh, okay to, to good so far this season. But, um, boy, the, the skill position, the dearth of skill position players, especially receiver and quarterback, is, is stark on this team. Yeah. And uh, if, if the 49ers continue to struggle, that's what's going to be pointed to week in and week out uh, when it comes to their shortcomings. 
So, Matt, back in week one, 49ers at home shut down Todd Gurley. Week two, they go to Carolina. Fozzie Whitaker runs wild. Week three, they go to Seattle. Kristen Michael makes them look silly. Going back home where they play well, but they're going to have to face Ezekiel Elliott. Guy's tied for second in rushing, coming off a 140-yard performance last week. Uh, is there any sign of hope here? Yeah, well, you know, you just you just nailed it. They they, they played for the last uh, year and a half. They played a lot better at home, especially the defense, than uh, than they have on the road. And uh, this is a team that's uh, got a lot of doubters right now, and I think they're sort of champing at the bit to uh, prove some people wrong. So um, I, I think it'll be a, a good game. I, I actually think the 49ers are going to come out ahead in this um, for all the, the accolades that Dak Prescott is getting, and deservedly so. He's still a rookie, and uh, you just wonder, at, at some point he's going to have a misstep. He's going to have a fall, and uh, you wonder if it's going to be this week. Um, but, um, you know, it's uh, it'll be a good matchup. It, it's a, It's another you know, wonderful barometer game for this, this team. I mean, they, they showed last week or, or Sunday in Seattle, rather, that they're, they're no, nowhere near uh, an upper echelon team. The question now is, are they even a mediocre team, which is probably what the, what the Cowboys are. Um, and uh, you would expect them to have a little bit of struggle on the road after a, a long road trip. So um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, if the 49ers, A, compete, and if they can, uh, if they can beat the, uh, the Cowboys on Sunday. Matt, staying with that theme, uh, yeah, there was some, probably some overconfidence after that first week, and then, you know, the reality of a tough road game in week two, and some fans are starting to drum, jump off a bridge now. They're calling it, you know, uh, a replay of the 2015 season. And it, things could take a very ugly turn. Where uh, do you, where do you see the 49ers on a scale of Tom Sula to Walsh? Is it is this Tom Sula part two, or do you think there's enough there that this isn't going to be an entirely lost season? Because after this last week, I think some fans are really just completely bummed out and and don't know don't have much hope for for the rest of the year. Uh, this is going to sound really wishy-washy, but it, it remains to be seen. Um, you, you talk to the 49ers players, and they are adamant that this is a better team than it was last year, not just in personnel or in coaching, but but everything together. It's a, be- it's a stronger uh, locker room. The, the leadership is better. They believe in the coaching staff. You know, to a man at this point, they believe in what what Chip Kelly is doing. Even the even the sports science stuff, which is a little bit, um, you know, a lot different than every other team in the league as far as how they practice, what days they practice, etc. Everyone's on board at this point, so that's that's why I think that they're probably going to win on Sunday. But if if they don't, then uh, you're right. It's no better than Tom Sula's start. And, uh, you know, there's a chance that they don't. I mean, the the, uh, the, uh, Dallas Cowboys are as familiar with Chip Kelly as any team in the league, having played him twice a year for the last three years uh, in the NFC East. So, um, you know, one of the one of the worries, one of the critiques of Chip Kelly is that the rest of the NFL has has figured him out. And I was going over, uh, you know, the, the 49ers rushing yards versus uh, the Eagles rushing yards the first three games in Philadelphia. And the Eagles were averaging something like 6.6 yards a carry, something really grandiose. I mean, this offense 
LaShawn McCoy caught the league by surprise, and they were just running roughshod over everybody early in that season. Right now, the 49ers are averaging a little bit more than three yards a carry. Uh, so basically half of what they were getting in Philadelphia early on. And, and there are a lot of things that go into that. The caliber of opponent, uh, the Eagles certainly weren't facing a, uh, a Seahawks-like team or a Carolina Panthers team early that year. But um, that, that, that average, that rushing average, which is the foundation of everything that Chip Kelly does, went down steadily from 2013 to 2014 to last year. It dropped significantly each year. And so the question is, you know, have defenses caught up with him? Um, is, is this going to be a successful offense in the NFL? Which were questions when Chip Kelly was hired um, that really haven't been answered yet. But I, I think really soon uh, we're going to have some, uh, some conclusions to be made. He's the 49ers beat writer for the Sacramento Bee. Follow him on Twitter, at Matt Barrows. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Matt. Anytime, guys. So I think basically what he's saying there is don't jump, right? Right. Or he what he's saying is find, your, jump. find yourself a nice ledge, right? <laughs> but don't jump yet. Get a chair, sit down, <laughs> maybe get a little TV to watch the, the upcoming games. Yeah. We talked about it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. We could probably replay one of our – shows from last year, same exact situation where if you told us coming in one and two after these first three games, we'd have been okay with that, right? It's what we all predicted going into the season. Right. So you're still sitting in a good spot. You lost the games you were supposed to lose. You won a game that you were kind of supposed to win, but I mean, it wasn't even a foregone conclusion that that was a win. So it was a nice victory to start it off. Two losses that were not surprising. But when you watch the game and you watch the loss happen, it feels so much worse. And it's really hard to tell your future self, hey, calm down. They're going to look bad this week. <laughs> when they do right. look bad, oh, my gosh, they looked bad. They looked bad this week. This was a Tom yeah. Sula performance. It was. And with the Carolina game, there was at least some hope. You know, they came back. They they moved the ball. They mm-hmm. did this. They did that. There was nothing in Seattle. Th- those last couple of touchdowns, that was as garbage time as there is in the NFL. And of course you have Carlos Hyde on the fantasy team and you were playing me this week too. So yeah. that was a lot of fun but, uh, for me uh, to watch. <laughs> unfortunately, I also had, uh, who did I have? Brandon Cooks. got and Julio Jones. Yeah. And they got combined five points. So against, I had Tevin Coleman. So I did win the match. Yes. That made, <laughs> more than made up for my 25 performance from Carlos Hyde. By the way, just the last thing on that game, Carlos Hyde somehow finished with a 21, 103, two line, 21 carries for 103 yards, two touchdowns. Dude was running in the fourth quarter of a blowout like it was a tied playoff game. And I'd love to see that. He probably should not have been in the game. Actually, he has a quote about about that end of the game. I did think uh, Coach Ravens would take me out, but mm-hmm. I was happy he did. You know, I didn't want to go out. I wanted to keep competing. I love competing against Seattle. That's a really good group right there. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with him, though. You know, of course, we all thought he was coming out. Why would you keep a guy who got injured and missed most of the season last year in in a blowout game? Yeah, save him from himself. That was definitely Mike Davis time at the end of that game. But I loved how he played, and he ended up with a really good line there. So props to Carlos Hyde. Let's let's roll back those touches, though, especially when games are out of hand. No doubt about that. you know, 49ers heading home. We we like them playing at Levi's Stadium. Dallas coming into town. What, they're 2-1. They've got a rookie quarterback. They've got a rookie running back who have both. And Prescott's looked pretty solid most of the year. Elliott it ha- has had his ups and downs. His yards per carry is is under four. He's just getting a lot of touches. 
He's also fumbled the ball a couple times. So there, there's a lot, you know, that you could actually sit down and say, All right, you know, I think I think they could beat this team. Not the best defense in the world. Their offensive line isn't what it has been in the the past few years. But that being said, you know, Seattle's offensive line was garbage and, and they made the Niners defensive line look, look like one double a. It's crazy because I think Las Vegas, and this is, this might be old information, but years ago, I remember Las Vegas, they, they, they say it's about a three point advantage for an NFL team playing at home versus right. if they played on a, you know, so I guess it's six points total. If you're, if you calculate from a neutral field going one way or the other, and uh, for the 49ers and for teams like the Seahawks, uh, it's like 20 points, right. right? It's it's crazy how different things look when you're at home and on the road in the NFL. And it's almost like things are getting skewed even more that direction. Yeah, it, it's just so weird, too, with how the Seahawks season has gone. I mean, that week one against Miami, you know, they, they almost lost at home. That was It was so odd. And then Miami, you know, almost loses to Cleveland. It's The NFL is just such a weird league and that's why we love it is because we you know every given sunday right i mean something new can happen you you really don't know what's going to happen each and every week and and i wake up on sunday mornings and and i'm excited for the 49ers and and you know despite the the poor performances two weeks in a row i I still feel like they're going to go out and they're going to beat dallas this weekend because you know i i I bleed scarlet and gold (laughs) yeah it's hard to put the fan side away and and look uh, objectively at a situation, but I, I'm still as as bad as they looked last week and coming off two straight losses. I like the home. I like playing against a rookie quarterback. I don't care how good Dak Prescott's looked, and he has looked good. He's looked really calm. Uh, they have a good offensive line, and if we can't pressure anybody with a bad offensive line, that's that's the thing that I'm worried about. Because if there's one thing you want to do with the young quarterback is make things fast for him. You know, you want to hit him a little bit. You want to get his feet moving, get his mind moving. So we're without Jimmy Ward. I want to see the defense step up at home, and I want to see a little bit of pressure on Dak Prescott, and I think that'll be one of the keys to this game. But I'm still – I think I'm going to predict a win. I'm going to, I'm going to go with one of these. So I think we're going to win, and I think we're going to win maybe substantially, but let's just see what happens. <laughs> you are 3-0 and so far on the season predicting these outcomes. That's so true. That's true. I'm going to hop on board with that win. Uh, I predicted a win every week, so I'm 1-2, not the best <laughs> in the world, but I, I love them at home. And, and before the season started, this was a game that I notched in the win column. So uh, this is definitely a time for the 49ers to dig themselves out of this current funk. And, and let's be honest, it's only three weeks into the season. You know, This is week four upcoming. The L.A. Rams currently lead the NFC West. Arizona's a shell of itself. Seattle, I don't know what to expect with them, especially with the, the Russell Wilson possible injury. I mean, th- this is a long year. There's still a lot of games that can be won out there. And and. Not nowhere to go but up at this point after right. this weekend for the 49ers. And this is the script. You win week one, two tough games, you come back home, you win against the Cowboys, and really what, more than anything, what it would do is probably calm that quarterback talk down, give Blaine Gabbard a chance to be like, okay, I've, I've got this, and earn that fifth game, and then that's where things really start to heat up. And, and I don't know if Kaepernick can gain nine pounds in two weeks. You know, if that's yeah. really what is going on here with the whole 225 pounds thing, which is still odd to me. But Gabbert could go a long way in saving his own job and really calm the critics and, and, and stop people from calling for his head. Because right now, across the board, I don't think I saw anybody after there's been some Gabbert fans in the past. I don't think anybody is saying, OK, Gabbert's our guy. I, I haven't seen that anywhere. If anything, people are just going to say, well, 
look how bad Kaepernick was the last time he played. So they're kind of just crapping on both of them. But nobody's like, hey, Gabbert's the guy. And you were seeing that after week one and two. And you were seeing it all offseason. Yeah, and it's not, you know, we're talking about, oh, the Niners have four of their next five games at home. Well, you know, they, they have the Cowboys this week, but then they got that quick turnaround again. They played Thursday night against against the uh, the Cardinals, so a division game. Yeah, again, the, the Cardinals have looked very poor this season, but they're still the Cardinals. You know, they still have had the 49ers number the, the last few years, and they've got, this is still a pretty brutal schedule upcoming here for the 49ers. And you said it, you know, Gabbert needs to come out. He needs to play well. And if he does, then, then all is well, you know, in, in, in Niner for the Niner faithful, right? Absolutely. So looking at the, the, the Dallas, I mean, it's, it's two rookies on offense that, that really you want to give a tough time to, because I think the 49ers, they, they, Gosh, they didn't stop the run at all last week in Seattle, but I still think mm-hmm. that's going to be a strength of this team, and I want to see them come back at home and play angry and stuff the rookie Zeke Elliott and and give him one of those welcome to the NFL moments. I mean, he's he's not killing it over there. He's he's averaging 3.9 yards a rush. Uh, he's got a couple of touchdowns. So it, he's not just like going crazy. And Dak Prescott is also a rookie, and a rookie quarterback – Shouldn't be looking as comfortable as he is. So I, I want to, yeah, I, I want to let, I want to have a, a really big welcome to the NFL moment for both of those rookies. So I, I'm looking at the defense. I think the offense can hang if the defense can get three and outs and get the ball back to the offense. I think Chip's good enough. They're going to run enough plays. They're going to run the ball a little bit. They're going to, you know, throw it underneath, get some catch and runs, maybe a big play here or there. But it all starts for me up front on defense, stopping the run, getting after the quarterback, get the ball back to the offense as many times as possible. Yeah, and that the gold faithful need to show up and be loud. You know, when when Dak Prescott, when that rookie's out there trying to you know, to to call an audible or trying to to read the defense, get get loud. You know, that's one of the advantages of playing there at Levi's Stadium is it is an extremely loud stadium. I've been there multiple times and and I I wish I was going this weekend. I, I really do. I got to go to a wedding. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. Luckily it's on Saturday, so you know, I'll be able to to, to chill in my hotel room and watch the game on Sunday, but you're not going to be in your lazy boy. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to, I'm not going to have my daughter sitting on my lap, you know, daddy, 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 who's that? Go. <laughs> What's funny too, is I've taught her how to say, let's go giants you know, for the San Francisco giants. Uh-huh. So she'll do that during the games. I'm like, okay, uh, it's close enough. Yeah. It's close, it's fine. close enough. We're not playing the New York giants this yeah. week. So it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the New York giants, uh, that's, that was the first game of the season for, uh, for Dak and the Cowboys, which they lost, mm-hmm. and they're on a two-game winning streak right now. Uh, it's against the Redskins and the Bears, so the 49ers have a chance to really show them the best defense they've seen all year if they show up like they did in week one. And if they show up like they did weeks twos and three, then they might show them something that helps uh, those young guys get even more confidence. Right, right. Let's just, you know, pray for that week one team to show up both on offense and on defense. You know, hopefully uh, Chip Kelly's thinking up some new schemes, some new, you know, plays to call some new routes to run something. Just, I got to see Gabbert keep the ball. I I was watching that game a lot because I I badmouthed him a ton after that Carolina game, just saying he never handed off. Seattle was on it. Every time they were running that read option, there wasn't, you know, an outside linebacker or the end or someone was spying Gabbert. So he definitely was making the right reads in that game. So it, it remains to be seen what's going to happen this week, obviously, but I, I need to see it. I need to see it from Gabbard. I need to see better than, you know, 55% completion percentage, which is what he's getting right now. 31st. Come on. Get at least six out of 10. You can't be you know? both. You can't be both not good down the field and then inefficient on the short stuff too. You know, you got to have one oh, yeah. or the other. 
So if, if you're inefficient, but you're making all kinds of big plays, you know, Ben Roethlisberger style and just chucking the ball deep down the field and hanging that's in the pocket, fine. then that's okay because you get big scores and big points. But if you're chucking everything underneath, short, 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 and still missing those, it, yeah. yeah, it can't happen. You can't win no. that way. It can't. And they, and they didn't make the, the shots again this week. And maybe it's because you didn't have time back there. Maybe, you know, there was always a safety over the top. I, I didn't I didn't break down the film, you know, like you and, and others have. But I, I need to see it. I need to see Torrey Smith running. You know, I want to see you, you pressure the defense. Let let them know that it's not always going to be third and eight. And we're throwing it three yards down the field, trying to, to make a play to get past the sticks. Throw That's... the damn ball down the field throw it past the sticks man that's that's frustrating that happened early in that football game too when it got to that like point it happens in every football uh, it game. Does, but it's when you're it when, when the game was out of hand i wasn't as worried about it when it was early in that game and you're like okay we got to get the we got to get the ball moving here we need to get this offense rolling and they throw you know a two-yard pass on third and four it wasn't even third and long because i get the idea it's you're like, getting yourself on. yeah the, the whole idea of pounding the ball early is to get third and shorts and third and mediums Right. And you get a third and four, and you're still throwing it short of the sticks. No, dude, that's not going to work. Brutal, brutal. All right, hey, that's it. Let's let's uh, let's bring home a victory, right? Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm calling a victory. I, I expect to see a completely different team, and so I'm not worried yet until they come home and have a stinker against a team that's beatable. Then I'll be worried. But I, right now, I'm not worried. I expect a totally different team. I think they're going to come out hot at home, full week. This is what you want: full week preparation, home game. Let's beat them Cowboys, man, especially especially the Cowboys, too. Yeah, no doubt about it. They were, the, I think last year when we did our biggest rivals, I think we both had them in there. Yeah, oh, yeah, losing to the Seahawks-Cowboys back-to-back is not a good look, man. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Hey, thanks again to Matt Barrows. He's always fantastic for coming on the show at Matt Barrows on Twitter. I'm at Bay Area Wink. He's at BD Peacock. That is right. Follow us, subscribe on iTunes, review the show. Reviews are always great. And uh, if you ever want to drop us a text message or a phone message, dial it up, 415-858-0094. Email goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next time. See you. The game is finally fucking over.